What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody, hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show what up what up what up welcome back to lockdown universe home of the bizarre peculiar and unheard of stories of ufo legend and paranormal lore welcome back welcome back happy to be back hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourselves so today i'm going to talk about tom DeLong and his theory about ufos and how they might actually be from parallel dimensions versus other planets now this theory is really controversial it, it kind of goes against what I believe in, um, but I also am open-minded, and I can almost see what he's talking about. Now, before I begin, you know, just quick recap on Mr. DeLong. So, this guy, you know, he's from Blink-182, you know, big popular band when I was growing up. You know, uh, hey, you know, what can you say? But he, when he was in Blink-182 and he was like 20-something-year-old kid... He was uh, playing and working on what would eventually be his company, the Go to the Stars Academy, or To the Stars Academy, which is TTSA now. Now, what he's found out and what he stated is that all of the evidence that he has found has led him to believe that these UFO craft are not from other planets like we think. They're from other dimensions that are on a different frequency that all they have to do is tweak their frequency and we are in and they'll be able to transport themselves into that other dimension because as you know, we are all frequencies, right? Our bodies are giving off frequencies, the universe that we're in is giving off frequencies, the earth is giving off the Schumann frequency, right? We know this. So if you can match the frequency of anything, you can become part of it. So what he states is that, you know, he's been doing this for quite a long time. Um, the To The Stars Academy uh, released those three big, you know, UFO videos. The Gimbal, the Fleer, and the Go Fast video were released by the New York Times and DeLong's UFO Research uh, Academy to the Stars back in 2017 and 2018. So this dude's been doing it for a long time, and I listened to him on a podcast with Steve-O, who is in Jackass with Johnny Knoxville, and he talks about how he was by himself. He developed his his own company, the To the Stars Academy, and then it, it kind of took off. He started emailing Podesta, who was on Clinton's campaign, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign and Obama's campaign. He was the uh, he was the uh, ch one of the chief of staffs, um, and in, in like a very very high up 
level. And I remember back in 2008 when we were all excited. We were like, Podesta's going to release all this information. And then he didn't. Uh, it was a big letdown. But DeLong had already been in communication with him. He'd been in communication with different generals. Uh, and when Hillary's emails came out, which is pretty interesting, his emails also came out emailing all of these officials um, about UFOs and they were giving him some information too and he was like holy shit I gotta go delete everything that's on my computer I gotta go delete anything that has me connected with the government at all and it's fascinating because you know he was able to communicate with these guys they were able to talk to him they were willing to talk to him um, you know they're not gonna give him every piece of top-secret information because that's gonna put him in the brig uh, they're gonna end up at Fort Leavenworth or something but they were willing to speak with him on the fact that, you know, this information isn't out there. There is a lot of information that is quiet and that is not out publicly. So it's fascinating to me. Now, he, he continues to put out Twitter documents, Twitter, you know, Twitter tweets. Um, he says, don't believe the media, the ridiculous articles saying that I quit uh, Blink-182 Blink over my work with the government on secret machines is not true. Now, he wrote a book, a couple books, actually, a series of books uh, called Secret Machines, S-E-K-R-E-T, and in those books, he puts in all these seeds of information that he obtained from the government and published it as fiction, but most of it is fact, which is really interesting, you know, changing the names and, you know, changing a few things here and there. But if we go back to, you know, how this all came about, you know, you have to go way back in time to basically 2015, where he leaves Blink-182. His original statement um, by the rem remaining bandmates states that, um, you know, he was, he was going to work on non-musical endeavors for the foreseeable future. This is when he got in-depth and basically created... Uh, the Two of Stars Academy. Now, he did it by himself, and then he started to obtain all kinds of recruits from the secret space programs. Uh, he got Lou Elizondo. Um, oh my gosh, he got a few other really big-name guys out of these projects, and many of them have joined this company. Uh, I think he's got like 20 people. If we go to Two of the Stars Academy, um, we can find out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, this is like an actual big, big deal, big company. It's been published everywhere on Variety, Newsweek, uh, New York Times, um, Politico, a whole bunch of places. Now, if you go to the about page, it should tell us who exactly is part of this whole endeavor. They've got, uh, Jem Semivan. Yep. Um, he was, uh, an operations officer for the CIA, the directorate of operations. I mean, they got some big name dudes here. Um, they got some entertainment guys, they got some guys that worked in AI, CIA, uh, Earth Tech International, um, it goes on and on and on, and what's really cool is, like, there's actually a cool timeline on here of, like, him writing these stories, of, of how, um, his research has come along, um, it's pretty fascinating. Anyway, what really boggled my mind was when he was on Steve-O's podcast, he talked about how these, what we believe are UFOs, are UFOs. They're not some, like, figment of your imagination. They're not some 
um, you know, some people believe that they're, they come into existence and they're not real. They're just trying to pretend like they're real for our eyes and for our understanding. But however, that's not the case. He's stating that, that these are coming from other dimensions that may have reached the end of their technological prowess and capability. And maybe they're, maybe they're, um, their species is dying so they create this submarine you know or some type of craft and all they have to do is tweak the frequency and end up in our timeline where we still have earth and we still have a, a relatively healthy earth compared to mars um and they're able to continue their mission to continue their their people so they might have a mothership that comes through and they're able to survive in this space and drop down and grab resources from our planet and others and be able to continue living. Uh, what he says is these parallel timelines continue, whether it's our past or our future or our present, they're all part of one timeline. So you could theoretically twist, if you had a machine, AKA the chronovisor, go look it up, I did a podcast about it. You turn, the, you turn a knob on a device, AKA the chronovisor, and you can see into the past because of these frequencies. The past has frequencies just like the future has frequencies. Now, do we definitely know the future to 100% fulfillment? No. What the system does is it works off of projected timelines for the future. But for the past, clearly we know what happened in the past. So you can clearly tweak in those those times and use the frequency of the chronovisor or another device that you make in the backyard of your, your house or whatever, in your garage. And you can you can literally go back to the time of Christ's crucifixion, the death of Hitler, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so these timelines are continually going. And it makes me really think, I'm like, God, you know, like, could we theoretically talk to ourselves in our past? There's a movie is explicitly this it's called frequency it has dennis quaid in it and i think it's i think it's jake chill and all but I, i'm not sure i know it's got dennis quaid in it and he's talking to himself as a kid oh no it's not jake chill and all it's jim caviezel and um he's talking to himself uh as a kid or it's his son or something like that but he's talking to the past and he's like Hey, you know, da, da 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 da. This is this. This is this. And they're speaking to each other, and they're changing time as they speak. He starts to carve into the the future, or no, the past self carves into the desk, and the future self can see it as he's carving it as it's coming into play. Kind of a play on you know time travel and so on and so forth. But it really makes you think because if indeed these these species, these aliens. Um, let's just use the greys for example, or a humanoid, more humanoid type type species that looks like us, like the Nordics. Could it be that those those individuals are from our future, but they tuned into the past so that they continue, they would be able to continue to survive, and maybe even change some of the past, so that the future doesn't have a problem. We know that the, the aliens are trying to stop the government from using nuclear weapons and that we know that the nuclear explosions cause not only a rift and a, and a problem and a, and a destruction in our timeline, but it also creates destructions in other timelines. And I thought that was really fascinating because now you, you might have a species that 
all of a sudden has like an earthquake in their in their you know planet when we were the ones that exploded our atomic weapon and so that's what Tom DeLonge was talking about was that these these humongous explosions need to be stopped and that's why these aliens are so adamant about it because they're causing destructions on multiple timelines not just ours which is truly truly fascinating and that's why it almost makes you wonder you know why these other species seem to be so peaceful and they're not they're not you know muscular typically they're not out there being brutish they're out there trying to be peaceful and a lot of times these little guys are knocked down like Travis Walton when he got abducted in the fire in the sky event back in 75 he was able to knock down these little grays no problem then some Nordics came into the room and they were like oh hey you know hey calm down calm down we'll, we'll take care of you da 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 and they they basically put him to sleep and then he woke up like I don't know a few towns late two for a few towns over five days later and they were able to find him you know outside of that telephone booth but I think that DeLong's got an interesting point I don't know as if I can fully get on board with it but god wouldn't it be something that if it was a blend right we clearly know that we're in a solar system we clearly know there's other planets we clearly know there's the moon they took the USS Eldridge okay USS Eldridge huge ship okay uh it's a merchant mariner uh, named Carl M. Allen, uh, who was at the United States Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. And this destroyer escort class ship, uh, the USS Eldridge, disappeared and ended up in a, an entirely different area. Okay, so pulling it up here, you know, and, th and that's exactly what we're talking about. It's not just time travel. It's not time travel. It's, it's t uh, space displacement, right? And if they're able to do that, it's it's got to be based on frequency, okay? They didn't travel that distance. They frequency moved to another area, and they didn't know what the hell they were even doing, okay? So they were in Philadelphia, and then they inexplicably transported to Norfolk, Virginia for several minutes, and then reappeared back at the Philadelphia yard. So it's almost as if there was somebody at the controls, they turned and turned the knob to go to the frequency to Norfolk, Virginia, and then they were like, oh shit, where'd they go? Turned it back to zero, and then they ended up back in Philadelphia, but they had like, you know, guys stuck in the hull of the ship and all that stuff, and people were all dead. Um, so we didn't know what the F we were doing, right? It was 1957, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of people were trying to do things that were way beyond their capability. We knew that it was possible, but we weren't really being too too careful about it. Um, so when it comes to moving large objects in space, that's one thing. From one space to another, teleportation. Okay? But what DeLong is talking about is is dimensional, interdimensional travel. Now, there's an FBI document that was written and was published, I believe it was in the 50s, uh, where the, the government had actually claimed, um, and an individual writing into the government claimed, that UFOs are not what we believe they are. They are interdimensional travelers. They mean us no harm. They simply are interested in our way of life. Now, wouldn't it be interesting if these interdimensional travelers were an essence of us. We're all one. 
we're all we all come from source, right? We all come from one source, the Big Bang, if you want to call it that. You want to call it an entity, you want to call it source energy, whatever you want to call it. We all came from one source. And it's everything is frequency. So those individuals that are interdimensionally hopping are part of us in some form or fashion, right? It's all part of the same bloodline. So it's really fascinating to see, you know, what we think we know versus what can be proven. And that, that is where it gets really interesting. Now, what's really fascinating, if you want to get into it, is DeLong talks about how we create our reality. And this is backed by science. This is backed by it's his conversations with the government by people who were in the government worked on these special ops programs. He stated that our our brain is a transducer. Okay, it is create it, it it takes in information and it creates it as well. So the environment that we are in is not just us reacting to the environment. We are proactive in our environment. We put ourselves in environments. So when it seems like, oh, we ended up here, oh, we ended up there, and, you know, why did, why did this happen? It's because we proactively put ourselves there. We were always intended to be there. And it's our way, it's, our, it's up to us to figure out how to get out of that situation. And I think it's really, really fascinating because if you want to become a rock star, if you want to become a super business magnate, if you want to become, you know, something really special, you can. You, but you, what do you have to do? You have to believe in it first. Then you have to visualize the future. And part of the documents that were written by Joseph McMonagall and some of these remote viewers is they stated that you have to first envision where you want to go, the universe then makes the situations that are required for you to get into that position. But it takes time for the universe to make that happen and put thoughts into place and put people into place so that you can become where you, the person that you want to be. So it may not happen exactly right away. It may take a little bit of time, but it will happen. So think about that. Think about that for frequency, and that's kind of what we're talking about. It's kind of like this recurring theme is these spaceships being able to traverse dimensions by changing their frequency. You're able to change your brainwave and your outcome by your frequency, by the frequency of your thoughts, by the frequency of your voice, right? By the frequency of music, music changes us. It makes you happier, makes you more depressed, make, make you lift more weights, it will give you more energy, all kinds of things. So if you can change your mind, you can change your outcome, you can change where you are located geographically on the earth, and if we change the frequency in what's around us, if we happen to be in a ship, we could change the dimension which with where we're at. We might even be able to ascend to a different plane of existence. I mean, the possibilities are literally endless. And in the next podcast, I want to get into um, a little bit of science when it comes to uh, where we'll get into cymatic waves in the next podcast. So don't miss out. Go listen to the cymatic waves podcast because it's going to explain a lot about our reality, how 
alien ships could be made and what it means for our universe. So tune into that one. I'm going to let you go. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I kept it brief. I'd like to give you guys nuggets and have you chew on them. So think about that. Think about what you want to do with it. Uh, Please like, follow, subscribe in Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, on iTunes, wherever. It helps the podcast grow, and the more followers we have, the more we can get a a better reach. So please do that. Uh, It takes two seconds. That's all you got to do. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally. Follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Go click that button. Like, follow, subscribe, and we will see you on the next one. Locked on Universe out.